Sports Nation college football changed forever. The Power Five conferences vote yes to autonomy. What does it mean for BYU? Cougar Camp All Access rolls on with BYU's greatest New Zealand running back ever, Paul Lafsique. Plus, the tournament chair of the Maui Invitational, Dave Odom, on BYU's matchup with San Diego State. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You gotta get your groove on before you get paid. Let's groove tonight. BYU Sports Nation live on your radio, TV, and other media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Happy Friday, everyone. August 8th, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with part-time bingo manager Jerem Jordan. Someone's got to do it. One of the highest paid odd jobs out there, believe it or not. Really? I didn't know that. That's Where, cool. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Jerem, do you have a go-to Friday song? I, I know that we no. play This Is How We Do It with Montel Jordan for this show, but do you have a go-to Friday song? No. No? No. Do you have a go-to song, period? Like, I know you love music. Is there a song that you're like, if you play it, like I'm in a good mood? Probably anything from, uh, I don't know, Reliant K, Paramore, I don't know. Paramore will be in town next week, by the way. You're going to the concert. I haven't bought my ticket yet, but I want to go. And I will be watching a BYU women's soccer game. That's exactly right. <laughs> Blue <laughs> join, and white game. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Get involved in today's very juicy Twitter question. Open up your minds, people. If you have one wish to benefit BYU sports, what would it be? What would it be? Any wish. I'll tell you mine right now. Nope, nope, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. At Doug underscore McClellan. Go undefeated in 2015. 2014 will get us ranked. Special year in 2015 with that schedule. We'll do wonders. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Think big picture. Well, what? think whatever you want. That I'm, You have one wish. What it, but it's BYU sports. It's not like, oh, uh, season tickets. Uh, season tickets, 50-yard line. Uh, Taysom Hills. It's like just one thing related to BYU. Not about you, <laughs> but about BYU athletics. BYU Sports Nation simulcasting beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout on a Friday. It is time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. New age autonomy in major college football. Yes, The NCAA's autonomy proposal has passed. What the heck is autonomy? By definition, I believe it's an old wooden ship used in the Civil War. (laughs) Why would the NCAA care about an old wooden ship in the Civil War, Jerem? Thanks, Ron. Uh, By definition, autonomy is the right or condition of self-government, especially in a particular sphere. Well, this particular sphere would be Power Five conferences in college football. What does it mean for BYU? What does it mean? Double rainbow! I'll tell you this much. BYU is in the best position of any non-Power 5 team in major college football. Yes. I feel they're in a pretty good spot. They're okay, but it certainly presents some major challenges. Here we go. Basically, the bigger schools will have more power than ever to determine how they, how and which... uh, Well, autonomy is, is... Trying to make it more simplified than complicated. They have more power. Break it down, doctor. Yes, to operate how they want to, essentially. 
Okay, they can they can self-govern, do what they want to do, spend money how they want to spend it. This does not mean like on the field rules. This is mostly governing student athletes. We're, we're talking about how much money is involved in a scholarship, health insurance, maybe after uh, college, uh, st- you know, stipends, these kinds of things that separate the haves and the have mores. There are those that have not. I think BYU is in the have column, but they're the have mores. BYU is with teams like, I don't know, the smaller P5s, right? Just pick them. The upper crust, they're in a different conversation. In fact, I don't know that all the P5s will get along when they try and figure all this stuff out. Northwestern and Alabama's aims and missions related to sports are different. The NCAA, Kansas State and LSU, you know what I mean? The NCAA is taking a stance that this is about the players. We want to give <laughs> increased, <laughs> increased <laughs> benefits to the players. <laughs> That's funny. From the it's New- about money! Oh, totally is. From the New York Times, the Power Five conferences, and I'm quoting, can make their own rules on several issues affecting athletes and competition if the endorsement passes a 60-day comment period. The so-called Big Five, the Southeastern Conference, the Atlantic Coast Conference, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the Big 12, will receive the power to raise the value of scholarships, stipends come into play here, improve health insurance, Allow players to consult agents and more. Wow. Consult agents? I mean, this already happens illegally. A lot. Now it will be legal? That, okay. It sounds like that's, that's one that's of the things they, want, they want. Not all the P5s want the same things, by the way. They have similar ideals, but when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, they're going to have to figure that out amongst themselves. We're just scratching the surface. I oh, mean, yeah, th- there's, yeah, yeah. there's more. Tip of the iceberg. Four-year scholarships. Some schools can renew scholarships on an annual basis. That goes away. Like, you give, a, you give an athlete four years no matter what. Okay? Or five if they have a red shirt, right? Educational trust, which Maybe means— Maybe more. Maybe beyond college. That's what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, educational trust, which means if, if they want to come back and further their education, if they go to the pros, whatever, yeah. they would get to come back and do that on scholarship. All this kind of stuff, right? So what, what does it mean for BYU? That's a big question. Additional family benefits and bowl game travel. Like, it's, it is a loaded topic. Bronco Mendenhall was asked about this right after the NCAA passed this legislation. And uh, here's what he had to say after practice yesterday. If the true intent is to benefit the student-athletes and their well-being within reason, I'm for parts of those um, ideas. In the discussions that I've been part of, um, I wish I could say sincerely that is the motive. And I wish I could say this is all for the student-athlete. That's not how I feel. And so I have mixed feelings. You would agree with Bronco Mendenhall, Jerem, with your... All, <laughs> yeah, it's not all for the student-athlete. It's all about football and how much money you make. That's the bottom line. College football playoff will yield this huge new revenue. Uh, they'll expand it to aid at some point. It will, there will be tons and tons of money. At some point, the bubble bursts, and it comes down. But it's not right now. It's still in a huge growth period for sports. But when they make this legislation, they're not talking about the tennis team and the swim and dive and the golf. At some point, with some schools, maybe those sports get cut because you want to just fund football and then see what happens with everything else. This is, this is dangerous for BYU. It's dangerous for college athletics. Yet, as a college football fan, I want to see the best of the best right with college football. So I love that part. But being affiliated with BYU as a fan and working here, I'm wondering the big impact with BYU and where BYU, how this affects them a ton. Does this benefit student athletes? Yes. Certain ones. Does it benefit but not everybody? not all of them. No. no. 
with autonomy in play, the Power Five will ultimately be able to make more money if they and, – and that is – they need to make more money if they absolutely want to yes. compete at the highest levels. I think they figured that out a bit with college football playoff. Redo, st- redo the TV contracts. Starts with television deals. That yeah. drives it Cut all. Cut some sports. This is why you mentioned the college football playoff will expand. There's too much it, money to be made no out there. There's no way it won't. There's no way. It's going to be too successful. They won't. They're going to be swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck. How else can schools no, Scrooge, raise money? Scrooge is in the... Uh, like Christmas Carol version of that. It's wait, what's his name? The That's McDuck. Right. Scrooge McDuck. It's Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you were right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get my uh, Ducktales correct. <laughs> Huey, Dewey, and Louie. How else do schools raise money? I mean, you raise tuition, student fees. The easiest way, TV contract. Yeah. Every other way, ticket is secondary prices. To that. I mean, those are like minimal donors. Things. I mean, Texas, you got your oil guys, stuff like that. You know. BYU has got the money that it needs to do what it needs to do. From donors, the church, you know, backs the athletic program. But at what point does this become too big and it's too much money involved? I, I'll be honest. BYU-Idaho, you know, cut athletics, the, the Rick Sports program. BYU-Hawaii is doing the same thing. I fear that at some point, if this gets too big and out of control, that the church says, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. And then cuts BYU sports. I think that, that that is a possibility in the future. I'm not saying it's right now, five, ten years. I don't know. This could get too big and too much. At what point can BYU not compete and do it the way they want to do it with the honor code? Right now for BYU, it makes things more expensive, um, expensive and more competitive already in a race that is extremely difficult to keep up with. Okay, they're already trying to get into a Power Five conference. It's already a that fast, is my one wish. It's already a fast-paced race. That is my one wish with BYU. If I had it, that BYU gets invited to the Pac-12, because then they're in, and then they've got money, and then they can hang. That's my wish. Recruiting, lobbying. If you're in a Power Five conference, yeah, that makes an enormous difference. Let's go back to Bronco Mendenhall. He said yes. He had mixed feelings about the new proposals. But he told us BYU intends to provide reasonable benefits for its players. In relation to the Power Five, um, by the way, I'd like to play more of them just so I can be on record that way. Okay, so he wants to play more Power Five teams. Now let's, let's get to the other bite about how he, he feels like that BYU can compete, at least for now. They can, they can remain relevant with these other Power Five teams in independence. If you look at the world of chasing the Big Five, uh, I think we'll chase what's appropriate, and I think we'll provide everything possible that will benefit our student-athletes, um, not only on the field but off, but also within reason. Can BYU match other P5 schools? Yes. I think they can hang around with the mid-tier p five. Competitively, yes. Financially, no. In five years, these teams are going to have $80 million bucks more than BYU in TV revenue or something crazy. BYU can hang around with Texas Tech and Northwestern and Rutgers and Maryland and Oregon State. Competitively, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. BYU's top 35 program. But is that enough competitively to make up for the now widening gap financially? In five or ten years, that's what I fear as, as we go down this road with tons of money. Listen, the day after reaction is always the most the knee-jerk. The best. The most prominent. <laughs> Okay, let's pull back the reins on this. You like to to use that phrase. Whoa, whoa. We're all riding horses. All right. There is so much that has not been developed in this conversation. Or even officialized with P5 autonomy. It has has to pass the 
test period. Schools can try and veto this if there are enough. And that takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 75. 75 non-Power 5 schools need to vote to override the P5 autonomy legislation. And then it would go back to the NCAA governors of legislation. And then they would figure it out from there. So this isn't official yet, but this is the direction that the Power Five conferences want to go. We've got politicians involved in the mix. Senator Orrin Hatch, longtime senator in Utah, said that he's going to examine this, and he's going to play the Title IX card super hard, which calls for equality in college athletics, So, which means it, that all players, are they going to want to get the, the football player benefits all, across all sports? Yeah, and and you have to pay everyone evenly. How do you, how do you figure that out? Like, Financially, how do you figure that out? It's got to be even. Like, oh, well, you're the second string now this week, so you get this much more this week. Like, that does not work. For the record, you're the non- third string punter, so you get less than the first string punter. Huh? Yeah, the Title IX issue out it's there. so complicated. For the record, non-Power 5 conferences can implement these rules if they want to. They can't but hang with them. Come on. No. Where, where are they going to get the money They're not getting that? the same money. They're not. They can't do that. Let's go to our Twitter question, which in a way is tied to this whole autonomy conversation. If you have one wish to benefit BYU sports, what would it be? It's Twitter time. At Bridger Hill, wishes like hope no longer apply for us with blue goggles. We already have a perfect knowledge that we will go undefeated this season. <laughs> okay. Uh, Going undefeated. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. okay. It all makes sense right now. Blue goggle alert the, right put, now? What's going put on? With the blue goggles, it all makes sense. <laughs> okay. At J.M. Madsen 32, a new sports complex that includes a basketball practice facility. Now, I would love that. Listen, though, if that's my one wish with BYU Sports, I want BYU to be able to hang in college athletics for the long term. So that's why I say get into a P5, specifically the Pac-12. Uh a, bra- a basketball practice facility would be great, though. That's not my number one wish. That's like it's number seven or eight for me. Sure. Number yeah. one for me is get into a Power 5 yeah. conference. I don't care if it's the Pac-12. I don't care where, I don't honestly. Care if it's Just get Big in. 12, the ACC. Just get in a Power Conference so that we can keep sports at BYU forever. <laughs> There's, yeah. That's what I want. Up next on BYU Sports Nation. We continue with our Cougar Camp all-access conversation and more on this autonomy subject. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B on a Friday at BYU Broadcasting. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. And download our podcast on iTunes at BYU or BYU Sports Nation. At whatever. You can just call anything at whatever now. Uh, and then the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com on at BYUSportsNation.com. If you nope. could have any one wish to benefit BYU sports, what would it be? That is our Twitter question today. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Shang King. Pac-12 or Big 12 membership. There we go. We could stop talking about it and get to what really matters. Football. Yeah, I would like to not worry about all this other stuff related to BYU. Will BYU be in, you know, the Power 5? I would love to just worry about winning and losing football games, right? Get in, stay relevant, keep and up in the race. Struggle to start, and then hopefully win later. Joining BYU Sports Probably Nation the, right uh, now, yeah. 
a guy who knows a thing or two about Power 5 schools and basketball, for that matter. Dave Odom, tournament chairman of the EA Sports Invitational and former coach at the college level. Hey, it's great to have you back on the program, Dave. Oh, man, I've been counting the days. You guys had me early on and then forgot me. I'm uh, (laughs) I'm glad to be back. We never forgot you. (laughs) I promise you that. Okay, so BYU and San Diego State, we love the matchup to open the the Cougars' run at the Maui Invitational. Uh, How much did rivalries play into uh, that game coming to fruition? It was a huge amount. And, um, you know, when we we put that together, uh, we were thinking totally about storylines for the first uh you know first games the first round of games and if you look at each one of them uh san diego state versus byu included uh there's a great storyline and you've already hit on the one uh for byu san diego state and that would be uh the prior rivalry in the uh what was it mountain west at that time yeah uh, that that both uh teams were in it was a, a rather hot and spirited rivalry and we just thought what better way to get the uh, tournament uh, in Maui's underway, then, then try to uh, reincarnate as best we possibly could uh, the fire and the passion of the Mountain West and, and bring uh, the Aztecs and, and uh, the BYU program together again. How do you decide the matchups? Well, I, you know, that, uh, that's, that's really a big part of it is uh, first-round storylines. We want to try to keep the two uh, uh, brackets as balanced as we possibly can. Um, always when you have Chaminade, uh, you know, there's going to be a bit of an imbalance, at least on paper. But, you know, with them uh, comes the, um, the sense of uh, expectancy. You know, you expect the unexpected with them. You don't know what's going to happen, as uh, Texas found out the other day. But when you look at the two brackets, um, I believe they are as balanced as they could possibly be. The first-round matchups are exciting. I mean, you've got J- uh, Jamie Dixon. At uh, Pitt, um, uh, two years a an assistant coach at the University of Hawaii, playing a Hawaii team. He married a Hawaii uh, girl, so there's a great storyline there. Kansas State, Purdue. Um, you've got Bruce uh, Weber, who was an assistant coach at Purdue when Matt Painter was coming along. He hires Matt Painter at Southern Illinois as his assistant. Matt Painter's uh, career was launched there, so there's a great storyline there. And of course, anywhere Arizona is. Is going to be a good storyline. People are going to be following that. So, but I don't think there's a, a better first round game uh, than Brigham Young and um, and San Diego State. I think that's the best one. That's the one that's going to hold the most intrigue and the most interest. Dave Odom, three time ACC Coach of the Year and Tournament Chair of the EA Sports Maui Invitational, joining BYU Sports Nation. Is this the premier non conference tournament in college basketball, Dave? Well, that's for other people to decide, but I'll tell you this. Uh, this is our, what, 31st, 32nd year uh, as a as a uh, tournament, so we've got longevity on our side. Our goal is to make every year the very, uh, the very best it can be and better than the one before, so we keep building on that success. And, and um, you know, when, when, uh, when you really look at it, guys, um, I would think that – the EA Sports Maui Invitational Tournament in November is to basketball what the Rose Bowl is to football. Wow. We are the granddaddy of them all. (laughs) Is that the new nickname of the Maui Invitational? Pardon? Is that the new nickname of the Invitational? (laughs) Uh, 
I call it Maui magic several years ago when we coined that. I'm saying we are the Rose Bowl of basketball. Wow. We are the granddaddy of them all. Well, it's certainly uh, great matchups every year. I, I find myself watching this tournament, whether BYU had been in it or not. I, I love seeing the commentators in the Hawaiian shirts. I love everything about it. I think it's great that BYU's in it. I especially like, and you can appreciate this as a former coach, the RPI boost that it can give you in a non-conference tournament. Uh, of course, Shamanada is a D2, not as much, but the other schools give you an opportunity to be showcased early. That's the opportunity that each of these teams have in this tournament. Well, I, th- I think all the coaches go into the tournament uh, with two goals in mind. One is to sit, find out who you are. You know, search for reality. Who are you? What is our team all about? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And there is no greater way to do that than to challenge yourself early uh, at the very highest level. And, and when you look at Arizona, Missouri, Kansas State, Purdue, BYU, uh, San Diego State, Pittsburgh, you're challenging yourself early. You'll know coming out of there whether you're 0-3, 1-2, uh, 2-1, or 3-0. You're going to know who you are. You're going to know what your strengths are. You're going to know what your weaknesses are. And the other is to win the tournament. Um, if you go back and look, past history tells you the teams that win the tournament do very well in postseason. Uh, this is preseason. They, it, you can project pretty well. Go back to, what is it, 2010. Kimba Walker comes in. People are wondering about him. He propels the Connecticut team all the way to the Maui championship, beating Kentucky and all of those freshmen. And next thing you know, they're playing in March for the championship again. And, uh, and uh, Kimball Walker now has established himself and once again beats Kentucky for the national championship. Those are the kind of stories that Maui breeds. Three games in three days against good teams certainly yields that experience. I want to get your uh, opinion on just a general coaching question related to a specific BYU thing. The Cougars will have 16 eligible players on its roster, including a couple of walk-ons they expect to actually play and contribute. How do you, do you ever have a roster that big? And how do you, how do you think you can manage that many guys uh, on a team in a given year? Well, you're asking me to uh, coach Dave Rose's team. I can't do that. Just, just 16 <laughs> uh, I in he, general. I, I think he's, uh, I think he's probably, uh, uh, fairly well adept to that. It, it, you know, let's face it, BYU has a, an unusual recruiting uh, system, if you will. You know, the going and the coming of the LDS kids uh, is unusual. Uh, Dave understands that. He knows how to do it. When you say they've got two walk-ons coming on that uh, could very well earn some uh, playing time, my get, my, right away my uh, tentacles go up, and I say, oh, well, these are two Mormon kids that are going to pay their own way to come to school there because they love the school, and uh, they're pretty good basketball players, and it's probably not going to cost them a lot of money. Um, and uh, so, uh, and that's totally up front and, and legal, and, and uh, you're crazy if you don't use that, that, that type of thing. So yeah. uh, I, I, I really do believe this. You know, when I was recruiting, if I recruited two players at the same position, the same year, and I go back to Virginia when I was an assistant there. Terry Holland's the head coach, and we had Ralph Sampson on our team, and that was a team that got whacked by uh, Chaminade over there. It's probably the reason we got the tournament now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but um, you know, I remember we were recruiting Othell Wilson and Ricky Stokes, and I said to Terry, Terry, how are we going to get two great guards to come in the same year? There's only one position. He said, we tell them that they rec- they are going to compete with 
each other and not against each other. For if you recruit against each other or, or compete against each other, there'll be a winner and a loser. If you compete with each other, both of you will get better, and, and consequently our team will get better. And I suspect he might put it in different uh, vernacular, but I suspect Dave Rose will have a conversation like that with all 16 players. Dave Odom, EA Sports Maui Invitational Chairman, joining BYU Sports Nation. You brought up the 1982 Virginia Chaminade game, Coach. Is it annoying to relive that? <laughs> Actually, it's not. Uh, it was for the first five, ten years, maybe. People <laughs> throw that at you, you know, were you on the bench? What happened? <laughs> like, like we wanted to lose? <laughs> but they didn't know we had uh, Frank and Jesse James referee. And, I mean, it was, it was a little... <laughs> Hey, guys, you hear that? Yeah. Hey, Frank and Jay, it's okay to laugh. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, it's uh, now you feel very much a part of, of history. I'm not sure this tournament would still would be played now if it weren't for that game. And if that's true, then that means there would be no basketball on the island, or at least none that anybody would care about. And so if it took that game and that loss by Virginia – to get this thing started, to open up basketball on the islands to Hawaii, then I'm glad to be a part of it. Talking with Dave Odom, three-time ACC Coach of the Year and the guy that's running the EA Sports Maui Invitational. Coach, what's the players' experience like in Hawaii? I know it's a whirlwind of basketball, three games in three days, but what kind of other things do they get to enjoy while they're in a unique tournament like this? Guys, it is a veritable summer wonderland. I mean, it really is. All the water sports that you can imagine are at their disposal. You know, the paddle boarding, the surfing, the swimming, the snorkeling, on and on and on and on, anything you can think of. Um, you, you know, certainly if, you, if you're into the tourist uh, sightseeing type thing, uh, you've got rainforests on one side of the, uh, uh, of the island. You've got the beaches on the other. Um, in in um, the 1st of December, you'll have the world surfing championships on all those big highways that come in there. You could go see that. There's a plethora of, of uh, restaurants that, that are there. Uh, the three hotels that we put our teams in are right on the water, and it's all one mile away from the Lahaina Civic Center. So if uh, your fans uh, want to go to see just uh, BYU play, they can go for two hours to watch that and then straight uh, to the beaches. And I know you got a lot of light skins out there, so you better watch them. They'll get burned quickly. <laughs> let's fit, let, let's end on this. Uh, you recruited and coached Tim Duncan. What's the best Tim Duncan story you can tell us? Oh boy, uh, the best one. I, I mean, it, there there are all kinds of great stories. I could tell you one about. Uh, uh, yeah, we're on a plane heading to Salt Lake. Did you hear that? Yeah, Salt I heard Lake, of it. Yep. Utah. We're going out there, and it was in his second year. And, uh, to play Utah, Keith Van Horn. Right? Yep. Yeah, Keith Van Horn was on the uh, running Utes team, and Rick Majerus, my good friend, was coaching, and it was the first ever um, uh, It was the first ever New Year's Eve game. Uh, it was going to start at 10 o'clock Mountain Time, and uh, we're on the plane heading out there, and Tim's in, uh, he's sitting across from me on the aisle. I'm on the aisle on the other side. And, you know, he was very pensive, um, you know, looking at maybe some tape or something like that. And he looked – it was his, really his first big national game. And I, I just re- reached over and I put my arm on him, and I 
touched him, and I said, Timmy, you know we can win this game now. We're coming out here to win this basketball game. Because I didn't know his real mentality now. <laughs> you know, he was the first really big game. And he looked at me right in the eye and said, why else would we be coming? Mm. Why else would we be coming? And, of course, we did win. Uh, we won the game. Um, not that he played that well at night, but, but we did win. And it just tells you a little bit mm. about his mentality. And, um, you know, that was the beginning of a good four-game series between Wake Forest and Utah, and one that I still in, in, enjoy talking about. But uh, it just tells you a little bit about his, uh, you know, his seriousness of purpose uh, and his sense of fearlessness, which I think still even uh, uh, pervades today. I'll never forget that game because I was a huge Wake Forest fan that night. <laughs> in the arena, right? Well, good for you. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that was that was a meaningful win, and I rubbed it in all of my Utah f- uh, friends' fans' faces. So, uh, thank you for that, Coach. Also, we're still trying to get BYU Sports Nation out to the islands. Anything you can do to further that <laughs> process, we would be we would greatly appreciate, Coach. And on that yep, note, he, yep, he's not going to help. <laughs> he's not going to help. He's like, no, I'm out. I got to go. I'm out. Oh. You need help getting to Hawaii? Click. Oh, he's so, he is so great. Yeah, Dave Odom. He coached Ralph Sampson at Virginia and, and Tim Duncan and at Timothy Wake Duncan. Forest. Good grief. Wow. I mean, who else has that on their resume? Oh, yeah, I was a three-time ACC coach of the year as well. It is, it is funny that he says, you know, he was on the bench at Virginia when they lost to Chaminade. That's one of the most famous upsets in college basketball history. You know? And he's like... Yeah, that happened. It was annoying for 10 years, but <laughs> Five or 10 years. now that's why we have the tournament out here. And he said he's, he's reaping he, the benefits of that loss. BYU San Diego State, the best game in his opinion in the first round. Yeah, baby, let's go. I like that. Cougar Camp Ball Access with Paula CK up next. This is Bronco Mendenhall, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in crystal clear radio vision on BYU Radio and on the many platforms of BYU TV. I mentioned the podcast uh, earlier, but make sure to download it on iTunes and subscribe on uh, the RSS feed as well on BYUSportsNation.com. In fact, someone just tweeted in a moment ago that they've caught up on the podcast. Yeah, listen to this. At Corey Oshimura. Just caught up on 14 missed days of BYU Sports Nation. Gambare, which is like, go for it or awesome in Japanese. And then says, lots of love from Japan. Nice. How, how cool is that? Nice. That's what the podcast does. There you go, baby. He also said, BYU-ish equals P5 inclusion. Yeah, that's that's you know that's what I think as well. What do you think? Weigh in on uh, Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Got another tweet at NickPeters684. Watching BYUSN in Hawaii right now while waiting for Hurricane Julio to make landfall. Oh, good grief. Well, hopefully everything's stay safe, safe out yeah. there. And I hope you get to go to the EA Sports Maui Invitational that we just talked about with Dave Odom. Also, at Kugazul, former reporter here at uh, BYU TV, now working in Alaska. Jake <laughs> I'm in Utah, and at BYU Sports Station, didn't ask me to be on the show. Jerks. <laughs> he watches the show every day in Alaska, which this, we appreciate. This is why, this is why Twitter is we awesome. Just did, we just did Japan, Hawaii, Alaska. Bang. And Utah. That's, that's BYU, baby. So we asked Dave Odom, the chair of the EA Sports Maui Invitational and former college coach of Tim Duncan, if he could get us out to the islands. Anything then, he could do to help. Crickets. I had a three count, three in the Nothing, key, you're out. Just Turn dead over. air. Going the other way. And then this come from, coming from at McMinn5 on Twitter. The suits. 
at BYU. Actually pulled the plug on the request to go to Maui. Hashtag insider info. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that'll happen. That's happened before. We've oh. asked some question, and then nothing happened. It was like, wait, who's doing something? What's going on? Our Twitter, <laughs> yes, well played. Our Twitter question you, today. Utah in a bowl game the last two years. Oh, that too. I wanted crickets. <laughs> Thank you. If you could have one wish to benefit BYU sports, any wish, what would it be? That is our Twitter question today. At JNails21, I wish that they would get more five-star recruits for football. This is interesting because Texas has all five-star recruits, and that worked out well for them in Provo, didn't it? Honor code. Hashtag honor code. It's just tough, man. It's the, like... It's it's what BYU does, and so you recruit a certain kind of player. That's what makes BYU great is they star. can take not the five-star athletes and compete at the highest level. Well, recently, no. I mean, BYU, what, what's the peak for BYU? Is it being a top-five team every year? No, it's having one magical season at some point somewhere. That's what BYU fans are still holding on to from 30 years ago, 84, right? It, it was this great thing, but maybe an unrealistic expectation. Be happy with double-digit wins and getting ranked. I'm telling you. If you're if you're all in on the national championship at some point and you're disappointed if you don't have that, you'll never be happy as a BYU fan. We're talking like it might happen, probably not. We're talking about power five autonomy. BYU getting into a power five conference is obviously the easiest solution to this. Right now, with the increased costs and exposure that that power five schools are dealing with and, and wanting more I would love to deal with that. Yeah. They, they, they want to be able to govern themselves on a number of different situations, and I get it, it. it seems like they're going to get that, and they have oh, the it, most it was, money. It was, uh, let us do this NCAA or we will leave. Yeah. You know? And they, yeah. they got it. So an interesting conversation that we've been having about that. We'll get to more of that in just a bit on BYU Sports Nation. Right now, our Cougar Camp All Access continues with, as Jerem termed him, the greatest running back to ever come out of New Zealand and wear a BYU football uniform, Paul Asike. Here we go. We are getting you ready for the BYU football season with insider access to fall camp. This is Cougar Camp, all access on BYU Sports Nation. All access continues here with BYU running back Paul Asike. Paul, you've kind of become the guy. I mean, with the news that Jamal's not going to play against UConn coming out now, the attention turns to you and, and Adam Heaney. How do you feel about that added responsibility for the season opener on the East Coast? Um, I, feel, I feel good about it. I, I feel confident and um, kind of blessed and, and humbled, really, that, that I get the opportunity to uh, get a few more reps at the back and um, have a little bit more responsibility, especially as a senior as well. So I'm excited and, and really ready and anxious for the challenge. How much more comfortable are you now after a couple of years in the system as opposed to, okay, play football, rugby guy? Oh, man, I feel way more comfortable. Um, it's kind of like I learned the language a little bit now that I'm... The little nuances and stuff. Um, I still got a lot to learn, but yeah, um, all of the little things like following the blocks and stuff like that, I've learned a lot more, and it's it's, it's going smooth so far. So last year you run for 101 yards, I think, on four carries against Notre Dame. Against Notre Dame. After that game, we're like, "Hey, coach, you know, g- give me the ball more. Like, let, let me show what I can do." Yeah, I, I was. Um, I also think it was a little bit of a fluke. You know, I got some good carries, and the and the, and the offensive alignment created some big holes. So um. You know, I'm, I'm always willing to do whatever it is, whether it's run the ball or block. And uh, last year, my main responsibility was to block. So even though um, 
occasionally I got the ball. It just happened to be some some good holes and runs. So um, I went I went right, right back to my you know fullback position. So what role uh, will you play against Connecticut with Jamal out? You think? Um, same sort of role, just um, added some added some reps at the back. You know, as a tailback. Um, so me and Adam Heenan, if we go in a two-back formation, it'll be me and Adam Heenan. And then if it's the tailback situation, it'll just be me and Adam Heenan rotating. It seems like you're catching the ball a lot out of the backfield. From what we can tell in practice, has there been an added measure of, of throwing the ball uh, to the backs uh, out of the backfield on purpose? Yeah, there is actually. Um, you know, I like to stay in there and protect even if, even if I do have a route. But occasionally they'll tell me if, if if your man doesn't blitz, just get out into the flat. You're an extra you're an extra man, and um, if the quarterback is there and he has nowhere else to throw, he's, he's going to throw it to the backfield, you know. So, and I've been trying to work on my catching too because it's way different catching a football than a rugby ball. So, has that been a challenge? It has. It has. Um, uh, we have these journals that, that to help us keep our goals and stuff like that. And one of my goals was to catch 100, percent and so I am uh, so far, which has been great. And that's just. So it goes to show that, you know, repetitions is good. BYU implemented a rugby play last year. Didn't exactly pan out the way that yes. the offensive coordinator Robert and I wanted. Yeah. Is there a variation to that, or, or are you going to try that again this year? You told us it was gone. Is it still in there yeah, or back in? Um, you know, he came to me in the summer, and, he's, and Coach and I was like, Paul, I got it. I know what play we need to run that rugby play off. <laughs> it's off Salt, which is one of the plays. And so I was like, oh, okay. So in my head, I'm like, man. You know, these are like 50-50 plays with uh, running running rugby moves with Americans. So, uh, you know, he he said it's gonna it hasn't been in the script yet, but he said it's always an option. So, are you comfortable with that? I am. Uh, you want it? I'm like 80% confident, and I'm about 80% want it. You know, so it's just a hard it's just hard to run what run rugby plays. So, and well, Josh you, is back there. You too, have Josh Whipping. You know? Yeah. So he's he's back there, and I don't know if they planned it because of that. Uh, but, you know, he's back there, and so if we get to run a rugby play, he'll probably be involved in it. Coming into camp, the running back depth was like the one thing we thought, oh, it's the deepest position group now. Now with Jamal out and then Algie kind of having some time to get into the acclimation mm-hmm. period, did you feel an added measure of responsibility, maybe some pressure as, as camp started? I did. I, you know, I felt, I felt a little bit more responsibility, but part of it was just being a senior too. It's my final year. Um, I'm one of the oldest guys and like the veteran players in the, in the running back room. So it was kind of like everyone's kind of looking towards the seniors, you know. And so I felt a little bit more pressure, but, but also um, excitement too, you know, that, that I get to play a little bit more than I have my first two years. So. How has the offense been different in year two of Go Fast, Go Hard? Um, we got a year under our belt, and um, we know the, the signs and the signals is kind of like uh, ingrained in us, so we don't have to think as much, and then we're able to execute better that way. What's the expectation or the anticipation for the offense in terms of production? How many points do you guys want to score a game? Um, 24. You know, we want to score at least 24, and then uh, from the offensive perspective and then on the defensive side, we want to hold the other team under 24. So that so. benchmark remains the same for Bronco yeah, Mendenhall? it does. Okay. It does. It remains the same. So th- that's our goal, and uh, to go fast and go hard. So that's what we're aiming for. At what point last year did uh, you guys focus uh, maybe a little more on execution, although you always wanted that, and less on the speed at which you run plays? Um. I, I, I kind of guess it's the same as last year. Those expectations are always there. Um, but we focused a lot on conditioning, you know, because that's a, that's a key role. To be able to go fast and go hard, it's, um, you've got to be well-conditioned. And not only that, but when you do go fast, to be able to 
execute at a at a high high intensity as well. So the reason I bring that up is because Virginia felt like you were just trying to figure out that okay we we're gonna go quick yeah. and then later on you went on this five game win streak and it felt like it went down a gear. Did, yeah. did you get that sense? Yeah, it did. I think I think we just got a little more comfortable with it. Like like the fir- Virginia was the first game, and then. Um, you know, every, everything was kind of new, the new offense, so we were kind of, like, hesitant. And then as the season went on, we were kind of more comfortable looking at the plays, okay, just relaxing, and everything kind of slowed down a little bit. Even though we were still trying to go fast and go hard, uh, things just kind of slowed down a little bit. With so many new guys on the team this year, what's the locker room dynamic like? Because there's always that concern, are we going to be able to gel fast enough to have a special season? What's the locker room like with so many new guys coming in, transfers and just freshmen? Uh, it's it's awesome, man. Um, Coach Menenhall has imp- implemented the Big Brother rule, so uh, we're actually not. He usually does it in times past that seniors get to choose where they want, and then juniors get to choose. Well, this year he kind of just said, "Hey, you guys aren't choosing. You're going to be with your brother, so a senior player with a, a junior player, and then um, you guys are going to be next to each other to kind of uh, get the chemistry going and stuff like that, and that we're able to feel comfortable around each other, get us out of our comfort zones, and." and groups and stuff like that. So that's one thing you've done is just you don't get to choose your locker. You're going to be with your your big brother and your little brother, and then you guys are going to figure it out. And you know, So that's been a real good thing for us. Who's your little brother then? It's actually Josh. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so the the Kiwi Connection. Yeah. yeah. We, got our little, we got our little two two lockers right next to each other, which is pretty cool. So. The Rugby Connection. Yeah, you know, I got, you know, it's so funny looking at him, um, just trying to learn learn the game because – He's, it's like he's clumsy, you know. He's like a, he's like a fish out of water right now. And so I laugh at him because I, I've been in the exact same situation. So having me as his big brother, it, it really helps him just kind of, I just tell him, you know, take it easy. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard learning all the plays. And so he's my, he's my uh, brother for now. So I'll help him, help him get the rules under, under control. Who's the oddest pairing of brothers? Uh-oh. I don't know all the brothers, so it's kind of... I'm not sure. I can't answer that question. The two guys, you're like, I'm not sure that's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen, I haven't really paid attention on, on, on other brother, brotherhood, so um, yeah, I'm sorry I can't help you on that. Paul's question. a good teammate. Let, He's let, not going to throw anybody under the bus. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just wrap one pair out. That's yeah. all I'm asking. Like, <laughs> I'm not everybody. trying to think of one pair right now, and I can't. Like, I'm. You know, when, you, when they put it on the, the big old slide thingy, you just kind of look at your name, and then I, just, I don't look anywhere else. So. Well, that's, uh, I'll keep that in mind. I'm so. just imagining, like, Jamal Williams and Terrence Aletto. It just, it just might not Actually, mesh as much, right? right? J- Jamal Maybe Williams, they do. Jamal Williams is with Taysom Hill, so that's kind of like two big brothers, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, so. Right. Jamal and Taysom. Paul CK, <laughs> great to have the time. Best Thanks of luck lot, to man. you uh, in the rest of fall camp in the upcoming season. Appreciate it. Thanks. Cougar Camp All Access here with BYU Football. Paul CK could very well have the highest number of carries when it all matters in three weeks. Countdown to Connecticut. 21 days. Wow. This is real. Three Three weeks weeks from today. Countdown to Connecticut. You'll be there at Rensselaer Field in East Hartford. Cannot wait. Fly out 19 days. If you could have one wish to benefit BYU sports, anything, what would it be? Continue to send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Up next... The power of the referees returns on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan keeping it real on a Friday. 
Keeping it real. September 5th, Friday. How many weeks from now is that? Four? Four weeks from now? Yeah. Four weeks from Four today. weeks from A week today. after the UConn game. Yes. BYU Sports Nation, live from the BYU store on campus. Two-hour dish, 12 to 2 Eastern. We'll be previewing BYU at 1-0, playing Texas the next day. Come hang out with us if you're local. If not, you get two hours of the show, baby. Hashtag BYU 17 plus over UConn. If you could have one wish to benefit BYU sports, what would it be? That is our Twitter question. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Right now, we have donned the power of the referee jerseys. I feel so powerful. Don't you just feel like I'm a I would rather have this over a Captain America uniform. Stop it. More power. Stop it. (laughs) I'll tee you up, sucker. Let's play after further review. (laughs) After further review on BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) Already, Jerem's gone off. Here's how it works. We present a scenario. I will give it to Jerem, or Jerem will present a scenario back to myself, and then we will rule using... The mantle of the referee jersey the accordingly. <laughs> Number one, Jerem, you start us off. BYU backup quarterback Christian Stewart is getting extended reps in fall camp. What's the call? I say no penalty. Good call because you cannot rely in today's day and age with how violent football is on one guy automatically making it through the entire season. So Christian Stewart getting more reps is the right call by BYU coaches. Get him involved more so that if he has to play a game or multiple games, they're ready to keep it rolling. And like Ron Burgundy said, he looks good. Number two, Jerem, are you ready? Paul Lasique tells BYU Sports Nation, the rugby play is back, baby. Okay, he said it's not on the script. He said it's still in the playbook. I am, however, going to uh, throw a flag on this. <laughs> I'm throwing a flag. Uh, Five-yard penalty, false start on the offense. Let's not go there with the rugby play. It didn't really work against Houston. Luckily, BYU came back in a critical situation. So, after further review, false start on the offense, five-yard penalty. <laughs> okay, Spender. Bronco right. says the starting inside linebacker spots are not firm and are up for competition with Manoa Pikula and Zach Stout missing time due to injury and academics. I'm going to give a yellow card on this. Mm, okay. Flopping. I'm going to oh. say that this is, this is a, a bit of a bluff on Bronco because... Oh, uh, because Bronco's flopping? Zach Stout and Manoa Pakula will be the starting linebackers. Against okay. Connecticut. Yes, they will start against Connecticut. I uh, think Broncos diving, doing little, Diving? Diving? Faking? He, he is bluffing a bit, but of course he is because he wants the other linebackers yeah. to compete and play hard. Maybe there's a dark horse that comes in late in camp and steals one of the opening spots. I don't think so, Harvey though. Lange. So after further review, yellow card to Bronco Hall for bluffing. I think Pakula and Zach Stout will be the starters. Okay. Man, you hand them out easy. <laughs> I had him out easy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> One. Number four. Yes. Jerem, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm. of the 90s or 2014. This is easy. One, the movie comes out today. And it's not from Michael Bay. He's an executive producer. I hope it's good. I've heard that there are good things there. However, as a child of the 90s, the 90s commercial was the greatest thing ever. They live on YouTube. So after further review... Personal foul on the question because both are awesome. 
How can a live what? A- the live action movies were awesome, and this new film? I don't care if it's terrible. I'm still gonna go see it. Hopefully tonight. I don't know. Whatever. Personal foul on the you question. You can't call a personal foul on, on a fellow referee. On the no on on the question. <laughs> I asked the question, though. And, of course, a red card on the University of Utah just because. (laughs) I'm throwing a flag just because I feel like it, okay? Forget this. Don't hit a guy in the eye. Fine. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we get you caught up to date on all things BYU sports with the Cougar Whip Around, plus more of your tweets on your one wish to benefit BYU sports. My one wish to give Utah an unlimited amount of red red cards. I just want to give yellow cards to everyone. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. You know what time it is, Jerem? Cougarwhiparound.com. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Football. NFL friendlies continued last night. Dennis Pitta had one catch for 14 yards against 49ers. Cody Hoffman faced former BYU teammate Ethan Manu Maliuna. But he didn't have any catches. Manu Maliuna, no tackles. Daniel Sorensen had one tackle with the Chiefs. Kyle Van Noy gears up for his NFL debut with Ziggy Ansah against the Cleveland Browns. And others in action. Good luck to everybody. Football. John Denny and the Dolphins face the Falcons tonight, oh, by the way. NFL rookie Spencer Hadley faces the Vikings tonight. Hebron Fangupo, Vic Sooto face Dallas Reynolds and the Giants tomorrow. Cougars all over the NFL. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays is currently one under through six holes in the second round of the PGA Championships. Who gets our rise in chat today? Um, let's go with Jason Sudeikis because he's hilarious and he is featured in a new Premier League soccer commercial that is absolutely fantastic. Rise and shout, yes, Jason Sudeikis. That takes care of our show today on a Friday. Thanks to Paul Asike, Dave Odom, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Download the podcast as well. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Steve Carlson. We're back to work in Radio Vision on Monday.